Listeners, this episode contains themes of violence and abuse, as well as explicit sexual content. We advise you come back if and when you feel ready. Thank you so much for all of what you've described so far about your life and your formative experiences and more about your sexual history. What we're going to do now is deep dive into a fantasy that you've described. So to start, it sounds like we're going to set the scene. You're saying I'm lying on my back, being fucked by a bull, and you've put there that he's got the best cock in the world. And you're describing how that is. Thick but not too long. Bull is kneeling between my thighs. My sub-bitch is kneeling by my head, enviously watching the proceedings and desperately wanting to fuck me. So already we can see this is a cuckolding fantasy and there's a dynamic of dom-sub with your sub who's in, involved. Yeah. Let's continue. So I've taken him out of chastity so he can see his hard cock, but mostly I ignore it. So here we have some denial. He's a good boy and wants to please me. Sometimes he licks my clit or rubs it gently the way I've trained him to. It just starts to echo what you were saying about having a clear idea of what you can ask men to do for your pleasure. Yeah. He doesn't particularly like having his face so close to the perfect cock when he licks me, but he would do anything for my pleasure, would never complain. Mm. So here we see in some way some erotic humiliation. Yeah, a little bit, but I think mainly for me it's the total adoration of the sub that he would do anything for me. So let's talk through that because within this first part of the dynamic we're, we're seeing that you've got two men attending to you and then, yes, the sub, it's almost like the, the bull being there and pleasuring you, the sub even further, it's proof that he wants you, that he's willing to be in this space while you're while you're interacting with the bull in this way. Is that a way of putting that? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. This bull, uh what's the bull for you in your mind? What does he look like? What does he look like? What's his function? Well, his function is to really just come in and and take me in a very manly way that the sub doesn't do. He He's tall and muscular, but not huge. He's beautiful, not too hairy. Mm-hmm. And we don't talk much. He just comes in and fucks me. He does know how to please me, but I feel as though the sub knows more exactly what to do to please me. So as we're talking about the bull, he seems to symbolise masculinity in some way. Yeah, Yeah, he does. And he has a little emotional connection with you. Yeah, that's right. His purpose is clear. He's there to, to pleasure you. He does know how to do that. Yeah. He's a pleasure machine. Just this is your, this is it. Yeah? Yeah. This is your job. This is your job. (laughs) You don't have to emotionally connect. It's just you know what to do, just that's it. But then it seems like the emotional need in your psyche is 
within this other sub who's desperately wanting to connect in an emotional, intense, deep way. But this bull is so it's it's kind of split the sexual function and the sexual emotion, perhaps. Yeah, I think that's right. So if we revisit it, he doesn't particularly like having his face so close. He would, you know, he's he rubs gently in the way I've trained him to. He, so there's lots of him doing things despite himself. He, he'd rather not have this happening. In in a way, it sounds like it's evidenced for you that he really does care for you, that he's willing to put himself through this. Yeah, he's a good boy. So for you, do you think this is a way of saying this proves to me that you love me or this proves to me that because you're doing this, that's a way of me knowing for sure? Mm. Yeah, I think it probably is. Because it's it's in this fantasy, at least in this part, it's I know you don't like having your face so close to this pleasure machine, this bull, but the fact that you're doing it must mean or indicate that you it further enhances the idea that you want to be with me, you want to connect with me, that you desire me. It further enhances that. It solidifies that. Yeah, for sure. So as we're talking through, I think what's going on here is that the bull is acting as a mechanism by which the sub can prove his love to you. The bull is there yeah. and he's doing all these things and because the sub stays, he doesn't walk out, in fact, he's trying to do his best in this situation. So the yeah. bull actually is serving as the mechanism, really, for the sub in a way. Yeah. And I'm wondering about what that means in terms of how you feel about the submissive, that he really does care for you a lot. Is that safe in a way? Is that when we're using the word safe, I mean, is that, yeah, is that a comfortable place to be in? Yeah. It is comfortable in my fantasy, but in reality, I don't like being loved in that way, in that completely overpowering way. So it works well for the fantasy, but I don't want that in real life. Well, I think that's playing out in the fantasy. Mm. He's, he's loving you at a distance because the bull is there, so you're safe in that way. That's maybe why it's comfortable is that he loves you 100%, he would do anything, but literally there's someone else in the way. Yeah. But also you've put conditions on him. You have all this love towards me, but I'm, I've locked your, you're in, you're in chastity. You're at this distance. Mm -hmm. So you're desiring that in this fantasy, but then you're putting conditional conditions on his ability to give you that. So you're in control of that intensity, but still the intensity is, is there. It's wanted, but you're the one that's in control of that. You're enforcing your restrictions on, on the sub rather than perhaps in what we've discussed in your upbringing or you know, in, your, in your relationship stories, that's being enforced on you. Now, all of a sudden, you're in this fantasy of enforcing your rules on connection and love and, and intimacy. Yeah, so I can't be overwhelmed by it. Yeah, that feels right. Mm. So it's interesting if we're looking at this dynamic because the dynamic you're setting up is one where you have someone who loves you but will never be able to really be with you. Yeah. Or put it another way, someone who loves you and will never 
You never have to commit to anything with him. Mm. And I'm just seeing how that echoes with what you've been describing in your your relationship history in more recent times, that commitment really was something you're trying to get away from. Yeah. I do question myself about that now, about what I want now, and I don't want to be in a committed relationship. Because we see it with the women you were with for 18 months to two years, mm. in the long-term relationship with your boy's father, that there's this sense of wanting to just get as far away as you can from commitment. So the sub, in a way, it's conflicted, isn't it? Because if he really loves you, then you're going to be together it's going to be forever. But mm. on another level, that's very overbearing for you in some way. It's not what you want. You're, you're reacting against that. Mm. The bull can play the role of the almost the wall that protects you from from having to go the whole way. Yeah. I also think I love the part where you take the chastity off so you can see how hard his cock is because that's another barometer in the fantasy to see how much he desires you because in yeah. most cuck hold fantasies, they're always locked. They're either not or they are. But if you have someone in chastity, it's it remains on for the session. That's part of the humiliation. But here it's mm. another part of your subconscious is like, I'm going to take the chastity off and I'm going to see how hard you are. You know, I can feel you're into me. I can feel you desire me, but I'm going to physically see it again. Another way of clarifying this desire is to just mm. your the one thing that can't lie in a man is like when they're aroused, they're hard. Not it's not as straightforward mm. as that, but in the fantasy, it there he is, is hard. But you ignore it as well. It's like I'm fully aware that you're into me. That kind of it's so pressed in this first mm. part. <laughs> great <laughs> i love that <laughs> i'm also wondering how much these physical displays and these acts that he's doing are about you being desired i think that's something you even mentioned and i think mm. about your early history and i think about you mentioned the teeth you mentioned the skin the mm. boobs it's like all these physical qualities of you that men when you're around them you've been sent messages over time that there's complexity there it's not straightforward are men actually attracted to me whereas in this fantasy it is very straightforward Mm. him he's desiring you he's hard he's doing all these things for you these acts help you to demonstrate to you that there's really a worshiping desire of you yeah which feels like is what your psyche needs because it's almost like if you i don't know i'm just trying to compare it to someone who maybe in her formative life was attract- attractive to many men, you know, yeah. down wolf whistle all the time. Would she be having a fantasy like this? Mm. There's an emphasis on the evidence that you're yeah. sexually and, and sexually attractive, yeah. Yeah. Sub bitch actually has a great cock too, but I never tell him that. Why don't you tell him that <laughs> in the fantasy? <laughs> <laughs> That's mean. <isn't> <laughs> um, why don't I tell him that? I think I like the idea that he wants my approval all the time and that I can keep him submissive if I don't tell him how great his cock is. So here I'm, I can't help but think about it's flipping it completely with how it was in your long-term relationship with that guy. 
You were always trying to please him. You were always trying to seek his approval, do everything you could to try and get him to finally have some. It just sounds like the dynamic is completely flipped here. Yeah. Where it's now the guy has to seek your approval. Mm. And what's interesting about that is if you're the one whose approval is being sought, then you're you're definitely not the one who needs to get approval. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. In the fantasy, I feel completely desirable and loved by the sub. Uh, I don't question whether I need his approval or not. It's definitely the other way around. And so when you don't tell him that he has a great cock, that's you denying him the approval. That's you continuing to stoke that fire of him needing to kind of keep going to try and get the approval. Mm. But there's more. (laughs) I also read it as being vulnerable. If you admit that he has got a great cock, that that would imply that I, I want it. And it's a it's a moment of vulnerability which you're denying yourself and him to maintain that dynamic. Mm. Vulnerability or self protection? Because she's saying she doesn't want to be committed. So it's, is I it vulnerable? It could be both. It could be both. And I think in these mm. fantasies, meanings can can somewhat shift from time to time. But I do think it is both that there's a vulnerability. I don't know. It's it's your fantasy, Kitty. I, I think I'm just I'm, I can see myself putting my own stuff onto this actually, but I did read that and think if you told someone that they have a part or a trait that you'd like, then they can deny it, or they have power all of a sudden. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Or possibly it might be me saying yes, I like you, and he could say, oh, you've. You've read things wrong. I don't like you in that way. Which is fascinating given that up to this point there's so much evidence for, but it feels like in this fantasy only one small move could unfold the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, I like you. That's a threat to the whole dynamic. Yeah. (laughs) In reality I'm not like that though. I do tell the subs nice things. (laughs) Yeah. So let's continue on. It's very close to my face while I'm being fucked by the bull and I can see it leaking pre-cum. So, again, I think these are the physical evidences of attraction to you, desire for you. This is interesting, this next bit. Looks kind of pathetic straining there all alone. So immediately there's erotic humiliation Mm. and you're describing there's a tension here because you do want him to be hard. You've removed the chastity cage so you can see it. But then when he's leaking pre-cum, it looks pathetic to you. So I'm wondering about how much that might be the tension between wanting to be wanted and the threat of one of being wanted in the sense of commitment, in the sense of mm-hmm. what that might mean. In, yeah. What do you think about that? Um, there's definitely a tension for me in wanting to be wanted and me not wanting to commit to someone. Yeah. There's a certain level of commitment I want from them and any more than that and I feel suffocated. So there's definitely a fine line there. So that you see the physical display, he's leaking, but then immediately that's also pathetic. 
maybe that's too far, you know, a leap. Like maybe that's that's it, it has to be pathetic for it to be in a, a safe level of desire almost. <laughs> yeah, maybe. maybe. But then I feel sorry for him. <laughs> we could progress there where it says, so occasionally I'll turn my head towards it and give it a sympathetic lick. I'm a kind Dom, you've put there. <laughs> so when you do see it's pathetic, there's a part of you that softens in a way. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think I'm naturally quite maternal. So um, I can, a little bit of erotic humiliation is okay for me, but then I want to stroke them and be kind to them. <laughs> so then I go back to ignoring it and totally focusing on the bull. Then we've got here, just as I'm about to come, he pulls out, this is the bull, and here's the important bit. I'm having an incredible orgasm from both of their attentions. So that's interesting that he pulls out at the last minute. Mm. About that and your relationship with men over time and that sort of re-entering into relationships with men bit, I don't know, I don't know. Uh, and then your orgasm comes from their, both of their attention. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think possibly he pulls out in the fantasy because I feel as though if we both come while he's inside me, that feels like more of an emotional connection and I don't want that with the bull. That makes a lot of sense, yeah. Yeah, because the bull is there more to prop up the subs, the sub and the desire the sub has for you and the emotional connection you have for the sub. His yeah. role is an emotional one. So if he were to come inside you, that would muddy the waters. You don't want that. Mm. Then we have that you squirt all over his beautiful cock. Um, sub bitch has been begging me to squirt on him for so long, but I always make sure it misses him. He only gets to watch it happen. So here we have a uh, denial, a very strong denial aspect going on. Mm-hmm. So can I just ask symbolically for you what squirting might be about? Hmm. It's happening. It's happening as you're orgasming. So it's oft, oft, obviously about your pleasure. Yeah. It's a physical display of your pleasure. Yeah, it's a physical display of the best pleasure, <laughs> the utmost, orga- the best orgasm. And somehow I deny this of that. He can watch it. And so I'm independently having a great time and he's as close to it as I'll allow him to be. Because if he was the one who you squirted on, that would ruin the, the fantasy because that's too emotionally close. So Mm. there's a dance here of getting close to him emotionally but then moving further away. Yeah, so getting close but only up to a point where I feel comfortable. Sub-bitch has been begging me to squirt on him for so long, but I always make sure it misses him. He only gets to watch it happen. So I think we're covering that sort of denial and why. After I've come, I watch as the bull wanks over me and totally covers me in his cum, which is another thing I never allow Subboy to do. Then Bull leaves. Is that an intimate moment there with the Bull? Is that more 
in the fantasy, do you think it's done more so it further humiliates and suffers the sub guy? I think it's a bit of both. I think I'm allowing there to be some connection with the bull. Mm. But, yeah, definitely makes the sub more submissive and maybe a little bit sad that he's not allowed to come on me. I think I'm very sad, not just a little bit. <laughs> then the ball leaves. In reality, it happen. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. And interestingly, then the bull leaves. So once this has happened, very soon afterwards, he, he's gone. Yeah. Now we move into the, I think, the core part of the fantasy. I think it's built up to this point. So you're saying now, I tell my sub to get my strap on for me. And when I have it on, I make him kneel and suck it. Then here's an interesting part. Then I tell him to lie on his back while I fuck him. So this physical position is something, if we reference back to what you're saying in your first sexual encounters with men after 10 years, you described having him lie on his back. Mm. Yeah. I feel they're absolutely no threat to me if they're lying on their back and I'm in control. Mm. So there's an aspect of you being fully in control in the way that makes you feel safe. Yeah. And I like to be able to see their face too, to have that connection, to see how they're feeling. Does he enjoy the strap on? Like does he, in the fantasy, does the sub want to be pegged or is this another, I don't want this, but I'm going to do it because you're doing it and I do what you say? He really wants to be pegged. He's happy. Yeah. And what's interesting to me here is that you're now turning towards the sub and giving him something back. But yeah. that can only occur once there's been these repeated instances of this play between no, no, I'm not going to commit. Yes, you can come closer, but only this close. And so it's only yeah. at point now where you can start to turn towards him more fully. Mm. Yeah, he's he's earned that now. He's been really good. Um, I want him to be happy. Okay, so then you're saying I love seeing his cock in that position and fuck him hard until he comes so profusely that it splashes his face and covers his torso. Ooh. So here we have a very, well, in a way, vanilla kind of sexual positioning. Hmm. So he's on, you know, on his lying down. You, you, the, what is it called? The cowgirl? What is it called? Cowgirl? Anyway. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, why am I asking you, Michael? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, anyway, let's just leave it at that. So it's a very vanilla position. And in a way, you, this, if you're just looking at this part of the fantasy, this is vanilla sex, right? Yeah. With me as the guy. Mm. What do you mean by with me as the guy? Because I'm the one with the cock. I'm fucking him. Ah, you know what? I was visualising that differently. I thought you were on him. He's on his back. I've got the cock. <laughs> I'm fucking him. I'm mm. kneeling between his legs. Ah, okay. Yeah, right. Okay, well, that changes it. So he's then being pegged until he comes. Mm. Hmm. 
is he feeling emasculated in this moment and pleasure or just pleasured or maybe a tiny bit emasculated but mostly pleasure so there is something that's really coming through here of you taking care of his needs now in a way Mm. I like to do that and then interestingly there's this next part so he's sad because he'd love to be permitted to come all over me, but he's also grateful that I've allowed him to come at all. So you have met his needs, but then there's this instant, no, no, he's not actually all fully met of his needs because he's sad he didn't quite get everything he wanted. Mm -hmm. So that denial comes back through again now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And probably keeps him wanting to come back for more. Which is very important because if you had just given him what he needed, then he would have felt satisfied enough and maybe that's a risk in a way that he'd go or something. Yeah. If you leave him hanging, then there's always, you always have the power. He's always going to return. There's always some other possibility that he will get his needs fully met. Yeah. It's really interesting that it's about never fully meeting his needs. Because that's, Mm. again, if you're the one never fully meeting his needs, then you're not the one that's in that position. You will have your needs fully met. Yeah. Dynamic. And I think that's an interesting, I don't know, I'm talking woman to woman here in a way, but as women, it's quite a, you know, it's a reclaiming almost. It's a, it's an equality in a way. Absolutely. Um, I had so much sex when I was younger where my needs were not fully met. And I didn't speak up, and I won't have that anymore. <laughs> Good. And I think it's it's partly as well that you did you did take this long break from having sex with men. Mm. So when you are coming back to having sex with them, it's on your terms specifically that it needs to be that you. And I think this is that part of you that is quite just that we talked about in your formative years. That well, no, it's not right to make mum lose that job. Mm. That, as an exact, there's, there's that just part of you coming through here. Well, yeah, I, I need to be able to also be in positions where I get my needs fully met. Yeah, and if they can't do it, I'll reach for a vibrator and they can watch. Or a bull, which is a vibrator. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's true. Like, that's the function of a bull is just to get in there and vibrate and then get out. <laughs> It just strikes me that before this moment where you get the sub to put the strap on for you, which again is a humiliating action, he has to put it on. Like I like, I like that little subtlety there. It it's a trial, you know. He's the sub is to the side. He has to witness you. He has to go through these tests of devotion and admiration. And once your psyche is satisfied with this, then you can actually give uh, turn your attention towards him. Or turn your attention towards mm. intimacy or this connection and and yeah. please him. And then the fantasy could easily end in the whole uh he comes so profusely that it splashes his face and covers his torso. The end. It could end there. But then it is that last sentence where he's sad, however, but because he he'd love to come all over me. And that's the hook into the circular let's do this again let's go back into trials so now you have to come back and then this fantasy kind of can this dynamic of uh relationship and intimacy can 
can keep going where you're so desired. It doesn't have, as you're saying, Indy, it's not resolved in the completion where you're both satisfied. Um, yeah. I don't know if it's a stretch here, but whether it's this or the dynamics, I just am thinking back to when you're growing up and dad's got this very strong view of how things should be and and mum mum's left to in some way sacrifice herself. I don't know, that's an assumption there. But, you know, in some way she's not really living the life. He said she's a strong woman, but there were ways in which she, she kind of compromised some things that you even felt at the time when you were little, like that's important for mum. I'm really angry that was that door was shut. Mm-hmm. Think about how much this harks back actually even further back into your history of these dynamics of domination and submission and these dynamics of uh, power. Yeah, power. Yeah, definitely. I wouldn't like to think that I get to mum's age and look back and think I sacrificed everything for someone else's desires. And I, I wonder how she feels now. We don't talk about it, whether she feels sad that she gave in and didn't have the life she wanted. Because in a way it feels like you're carrying her burden through and resolving it somehow here in a funny way. There's a, there's a resolution trying to come through of... Um, I was going to say that I think possibly in my long-term relationship with my boy's dad, he was he was in a position of power and I was doing things to please him. And I think... Now I'm trying to turn that on its head and I don't want to be pleasing anyone and giving up myself for anyone. I've already done it. So I I feel I slightly repeated what my mum did in my relationship with my boy's dad. Mm. Maybe you're resolving what happened for you in relationship with a significant man who was the father of your children and echoing back to what happened with your mother in a similar position of the of the man that was significant of her children. Yeah, I think that's right. So it's within this sexual play that, and again, it's this interesting idea of play as adults. We're playing out something to help process and resolve things. We mentioned in another episode that, you know, it's like this idea of a kid who might go through a car crash and so... After that, they might play with two cars and repeatedly crash them. Mm. I'm wondering if there's a similar thing here where you, as an adult, you, you're you in a particular facet of imaginative play trying to recreate or resolve or play around with some of these dynamics of power that were going on both in your significant relationship and in your earlier life. Yeah. Is that a possibility here? I don't know if you... Yeah, I think it it is a possibility. Um, I don't, I don't really know what the future holds because I'm quite happy with this mm. as it is. Whether I'll continue to play out the same kind of dynamics with guys, I, I can't see myself being in a long term committed relationship, and I don't know anyone else like me at this stage in their life um 
my friends are all in relationships and even imply or sometimes have said, maybe get some therapy so that you can uh, have a relationship. And I, I've been a bit taken aback by that because I see myself as happy now. I don't feel as though I, I need to have a significant other. Um, and when people talk about having another half, that really bothers me. I feel whole. I don't need another person to make me feel whole. And so my answer to that friend was, actually, I think many people who are in long-term relationships could do with therapy far more than I could. You know, they're staying in them for bad reasons. I'm happy as I am. Kitty, it's been wonderful to listen to you. We thank you so much for sharing your story, your journey, and your current place. Like with everything, these fantasies are only an expression of now, and they can change over time. And we are only just speculating Indian eye. So just take it with a, with a grain of salt. Is that the, the, the expression? <laughs> a pinch. You know what yeah, I'm talking about, listeners. Grain Again, of sand. A grain of sand. All right. Well, there you go. I'm just going to try and install that. <laughs> listeners, thank you so much. Please rate our podcast if you like the show, like the episode. Uh, Kitty, thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a pleasure talking to you both. Thanks again, Kitty. I loved it. So, yeah. So for me now, having left that interview, I think something I'm thinking about is she was describing how she feels complete without being, not complete, but she feels like she doesn't have to be in a relationship to be whole. Mm. And where does it lead her? And she's happy this like this. And I just reflect on where I'm at now because for me I feel like I've played it out enough times and processed enough things where my question became less about can I be with a partner and how would it look to be with them with this underlying sense of still wanting some kind of intimate connection, still wanting to be in physical contact intimately with men or women or whoever. And over time, the question became more about why am I still doing this? I don't I don't want anything like this anymore. Mm. I don't want to be with a man or a woman or anyone. I just want to be on my own. I just I feel whole more when I'm on my own than ever in any of this stuff. Because I really relate to that dynamic she's dancing with every, you know, every moment in that fantasy is a dynamic of getting close, getting further, protection, lack, don't want commitment, but, yes, I see you desire me. But then there's this other, and I feel like I've done enough now to feel like I don't want to play that game anymore. I'm done. Yeah. I'm whole, full stop. Mm. Mm. It's like when a kid drops the two cars that he's been playing with and then just walks off. Mm. Done playing that game. Yeah. He's done it enough times now to figure out what he's needed to figure out and life goes on. And that's how it's felt for me really with BDSM. For you it's all inter it's all intimacy, it's all sex that's stopped as well. It's not just relationships, but it's also sex that you don't really want to participate in. Is that right? Yeah. Vanilla, yeah. kinky, anything. I don't need any of that anymore. Yet for her though, it's she still wants to continue the BDSM route and have sex in that way, which is fine. Like that, that's, that's great. 
And that's what I'm interested in is I wonder because she said, I just think I'm just going to be here. And that's how I used to feel. I would be like, I just think I'm going to keep doing this. It's so fun and I've been doing it for a while and what else is there to do and how about this way and how about this kind of sub or how about I start putting on their clothes and making them do this. But then after a while I'd done enough to feel like, meh. So I just wonder where she is in that or if her process will be similar or very different to that. I felt quite touched by her upbringing and the father's migration to England, going through racism, but also the struggle in his later life and trying to, and this is my own project, my own ideas, trying to keep the family looking a certain way as to lessen or become invisible within the British population, you know, and not be, not be throwing race racist slurs and how those comments I was quite touched by that it's difficult mm. so having more of a sense of his experience mm. but that really strong quality of hers from a young age of questioning norms of having this bigger reflective capacity wait a minute just how could the if if god says this and this and this how can being gay be wrong if he's all loving Mm. that really basic question how can i go to hell if this is not obviously a choice that kind of i think that's that's a very remarkable skill set to have at a young age and the outrage she had at her mum um not having an independent possibilities or all those opportunities of being independent is being thwarted by her father i could really feel her anger and the injustice in that and then within her own long-term relationship i think that's a big part of why she's trying to make up for it now yeah because i know you have to be the one to try and please me i spent way too long having to do that Mm. myself it's that one end of the pendulum that you swing over to having been a people pleaser, self-sacrificing, yes, I'll do everything you want, please love me and approve of me, way over to the other end, which is now you have to be the one to do all of that for me because mm-hmm. I don't want to do it anymore. I won't do it anymore, all of that kind of reaction against it. Yeah. And the fantasy for me was this, in a way this big fuck you to men or to that kind of man who would otherwise control it's like, no, yeah, I'm yeah. going to peg you. I'm going to lock you up. I'm going to take away those elements of your masculinity or all the very strain of masculinity that is interested in dominating, being territorial, being obsessive. I'm going to just fuck you with that. Yeah, it's important you qualify. It's this type of man or this yeah. presentation in, in context yeah. with sex. And I, I'd second the anger and the annoyance that, Early on in my life, I've spoken about this in the podcast, I really understand what she's saying of it just felt like sex was over once he came. It didn't even matter if I had orgasmed or not. And I used to actually believe that too. And I think it's this older woman thing, you know, once you've had life experience and you've learned your body and how it works so well and that there is another way, that there's this sense of wanting to reclaim that because it's so fair. It's unjust. It's deeply conditioned into women to please the man, and that's the most important. Now you think about Victorian times and all this stuff about 
you know, I'm not going to rant, but it's just, it's all, I think women are carrying an intergenerational sense of, again, this pendulum swing, you know. It's been about men's pleasure, men, men, men. Pornography are all about women doing things for men. Billboards are all women looking amazing for men, 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 men. Well, now we want to have a... Well, I'm not going to laugh. I'm going to say that again. Now we want to have a turn. Or pendulum swing across the other side. So I guess I'm just saying I want to take note of that. Resentment, anger, and it's a shared experience with other women. Until next time, take care. Take care, everyone.